Welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for June the 29th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, it is your one-stop shop for everything you need to know. And today we got a bit of news about the potential Xbox Series X, which looks to be revealed in an upcoming event held this August. The yet unconfirmed idea that Xbox's next generation debut would take the form of a multi-console family of systems has circulated for some time now, but even with the Series X mostly unveiled, those rumors have not died down. The latest rumblings suggest that Xbox is looking to reveal a sister system for the Series X via online showcase in August. According to Eurogamer, those in the know say the system once codenamed Lockhart is likely to be the Xbox Series S and was originally planned to be announced alongside the Series X before the global pandemic complicated those plans. At the end of last year and before the Series X was officially unveiled, insiders confirmed to Kotaku that a dual-console approach was still in the cards for Xbox's next generation. Just last week, security researcher TitleOS via Windows Central found mention of Lockhart in the release notes for the June June, excuse me, June Xbox development kit, not the June June, uh, particularly of a profiling mode that will let developers target different specs depending on the system. As with earlier mentions of Lockhart, these latest reports build the console as a lower-powered and likely more affordable once next-gen prices are revealed, alternative to the full Series X, similar to how the Xbox One X compares to the One S, but launching all at once rather than over the span of a few years. On the other side of the next-gen console watch, no such rumors exist for PlayStation's PlayStation 5 line. Instead, the competing console maker has opted to announce two versions of the PlayStation 5 with only one key difference, the option to buy a system without a disk drive and leave all concerns of physical media behind. So this seems to be something that is getting more and more traction, and I think that with that traction comes more and more validity. Uh, I think that we are going to be seeing some kind of cheaper alternative to the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5 announced just after all of the big games are revealed towards the end of July. Of course, that is hypothetically when Microsoft is going to be holding their own event, showcasing some of their biggest games from the Xbox Game Studios family. Now, I want to explain why I think this could potentially be a game changer because of its placement in terms of its reveal in the entire lineup leading up to the holiday 2020 season. By that time, you will likely have seen some kind of price point for the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. But, let's say hypothetically, these prices have been established and Xbox comes out of left field with a cheaper alternative that plays all of these big next-gen games and that does up the quality as compared to the Xbox One X or the PlayStation 4, but it isn't nearly as expensive as the Xbox Series X or the PlayStation 5. That could change somebody's mind that has already decided on a console they are going to be getting this holiday season. If that person chooses to go away from the Series X and get a Series S, it's still money in Microsoft's pocket. On top of that, if somebody sees a PlayStation 5, but they might be short on cash, they might be trying to save, they might be getting a bit frugal going into the holiday season, you could see the alternative and say, hey, that'll do for now. I'll choose the next system in a couple of years whenever finances are a bit more firm. Additionally, it's worth considering the fact that a lot of moms, granddads, grandmas, whoever it might be, that are going to be going out to Targets and Walmarts this holiday season to pick up a new game console for the holidays, 
Yeah, well, the cheap one's probably going to be the winner, especially if it is the brand new one on the market, and it is a much more affordable option as compared to the PlayStation 5 or the Series X. So for all of these reasons, an August announcement seems to be a good move, if that is in fact going to be the case, and I'm excited to continue following it here on the Jam Pack Report, and of course, I will let you guys know as soon as we know more. But Kojima could be hinting at Death Stranding 2 according to some tweets. The hint comes from Twitter, where Kojima shared a photo caption with his work-from-home process, and of course, you can check it out below. Here is my way of designing new title with Yoji. It reads, First, we discuss the setting for each character, the background, the world, the color, the characteristics, the roles, the images, ideas, and keyword going back and forth via email. Work from home and 20-minute direct discussion, mostly texting via phone, end quote. The Tip X and Prit Sticks are not particularly indicative of Death Stranding 2, but the giant BB in the middle of the photo sure seems to hint at the possibility. Kojima also posted another tweet, which includes yet another hint about the possibility of a new Death Stranding game, and of course you can check it out below. The caption for this one is less important than the photo itself. If you rotate the picture 90 degrees counterclockwise and zoom in, as pointed out over on Reset Era, you will notice that the spaceship-looking vehicle thing is branded with a pretty familiar name, Bridges. Here is a better angle if you are curious, and of course there you can see that it clearly does say Bridges. There is also an engraving on the side of the vehicle that appears to say Landing Ship, meaning that there might be Death Stranding in space. Tinfoil hats aside, it's also possible that this is just concept art that Kojima and Shinkawa have been messing about with. While another game set in the same universe could be pretty interesting, Death Stranding 2 has not been confirmed by a spaceship drawn in pencil, although admittedly it would be pretty weird to photograph giant BB dolls for no apparent reason. But again, Kojima is very strange in general, and it looks like something he would do. Uh, you see him taking pictures of Death Stranding-related art and Death Stranding-related merchandise pretty frequently, uh, so I don't think this necessarily indicates the existence or the potential for a sequel to Death Stranding. Now, the most concrete evidence that you have to go on here is the fact that the ship that has been hand-drawn here does say Bridges, uh, but even then, I could very easily imagine Kojima just drawing this while he was on a call and then saying, hey, you know, let's just write Bridges on it just for shits and giggles. That very well could be the case. Now, again, you can take my assumption with a grain of salt, just like you should take these pictures with a grain of salt, uh, but ultimately there is a chance that a Death Stranding sequel could happen. Uh, now, word on the street is that Sony has not been satisfied with the sales of Death Stranding, and so it might be a bit more difficult for Kojima to gain funding uh, directly from Sony if his next game is going to be published by Sony, uh, but you could be seeing a complete shift here in the direction that he's going. It really is all up in the air. So we will have to see what comes of this. Of course, no announcement is going to be coming anytime soon, but you could be seeing more Death Stranding revealed in the coming months. Moving on, Ubisoft Montreal is reportedly going to launch a futuristic Battle Royale FPS called Hyperscape in July. Citing unnamed sources, esports consultant Slasher said Ubisoft will begin teasing the game, codenamed Prisma Dimensions, later today ahead of a launch of a closed beta next week. Update, a teaser website for the project is now live ahead of a reveal scheduled for this Thursday, July the 2nd, while various content creators have begun posting about having played the game at a preview event. French publisher Ubisoft has confirmed plans to host an E3-style digital game showcase on July the 12th, the same date Hyperscape is set to enter open beta. 
With more than 3,000 employees, Ubisoft Montreal bills itself as the largest game development studio in the world. It is the primary developer of the Assassin's Creed, Far Cry, Rainbow Six, and Watch Dogs series, among others. Ubisoft's July event, Ubisoft Forward, will be the company's first fully digital conference and promises to include exclusive game news and product reveals. Games set for release during Ubisoft's current fiscal year, ending in March 2021, include this holiday's Assassin's Creed Valhalla, plus the previously delayed Watch Dogs Legion, Gods and Monsters, which is getting a new name, and Rainbow Six Quarantine, which will all be available on current and next-gen consoles. So first and foremost, it's getting very crowded in the Battle Royale space. I'm not going to say that it's on the decline because Call of Duty Warzone has proven me wrong in that regard before. Uh, Battle Royale is still an incredibly viable option for a lot of developers as long as it's done well. Uh, and I think that's the biggest key here. I'm feeling this one is going to be very difficult to sell people on, uh, and I have also seen a couple of red flags in my mind, and I'll explain more. If you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I was tweeting earlier today about this reveal and the fact that it does have what appears to be, according to Slasher, in-depth Twitch integration where chat can control what happens within the game. And in theory, that's a cool option, but... A game designed entirely around the idea of being streamed to an audience tends to rely heavily on that audience being present and on the game being streamed. So, if you have no audience and you are just simply playing this game with your friends, uh, does the game still hold up? And I think that for a lot of developers and a lot of development teams, whenever they're developing a game based on the idea of it being streamed to an audience and becoming the next big streaming game, it tends to miss the mark because it's more focused on that uh, than it is on having a fun experience and having a solid gameplay loop. Uh, there are a lot of elements that get overlooked whenever you are just trying to make something that's very streamable. And I think that a lot of games are the victim of that mindset. And that's what, personally, I think is going to happen to Hyperscape. Uh, now, again, if they can create something that is unique and that brings a cool element to the table, uh, then it very well could stand on its own. And, of course, as a free-to-play game, it automatically has a lot of people that are willing to check it out because there is no investment in getting started with it. But Ubisoft Montreal is reportedly going to be launching their futuristic Battle Royale FPS later in July, just a couple of weeks away. But a Crisis Remastered gameplay trailer is coming this Wednesday. Uh, now, I could read this entire article, but essentially Crisis Remastered is getting its first real gameplay this Wednesday, July the 1st at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. So stay tuned for that. Of course, we saw the reveal trailer, which didn't show much of anything. You basically saw the main character surrounded by tons of uh, various palm trees and whatnot. So we are actually going to be seeing just how much they have improved the overall aesthetic of Crisis and it very well is going to be a pretty impressive game if the legacy of Crisis is anything to go off of. I'm personally very excited to see what the team came up with, and more importantly, can your PC actually run it? It very well probably can, but we'll see what happens. Maybe optimization has come a long way. However, Modern Warfare is getting a new update that adds a 200-player Warzone mode. The 200-player Warzone mode is part of Modern Warfare's Season 4 update roadmap and is scheduled to launch as part of an update set for today, June the 29th at 11 p.m. Pacific Time, that is 2 a.m. Eastern Time on June the 30th. A full breakdown of what to expect was published over at Charlie Intel. Quote, with this update, Verdansk will now be able to hold up to 200 players in Battle Royale quads, reads the Charlie Intel post. That means 50 quads of operators will be fighting each other and the encroaching circle collapse. 
However, fans who have grown disheartened with the ever-increasing download sizes of Modern Warfare updates may be disappointed. Please note that the Season 4 Reloaded update will have a download size of approximately 22 to 36 gigabytes for owners of the full version of Modern Warfare. Read the post. Console owners must install a secondary download of approximately 3.5 gigabytes, then reboot the game to access multiplayer if desired. A reminder, console players can choose to uninstall or remove other data packs like special operations if no longer needed for a smaller overall file size. Existing free-to-play Warzone players will be met with a download size of approximately 22 to 30 gigabytes. Other new features include in-match contracts, a Juggernaut Royale mode, a new piece of gear called the Spotter Scope, and a new sniper called the Ritek AMR. There is also a brand new multiplayer map called Cheshire Park based in London, England, as well as a new multiplayer mode called Team Defender. We already knew that a 200-player Warzone mode would arrive soon, but it looks like it will be available to download from 11 p.m. Pacific Time tonight on June the 29th. So, uh, that's a lot of people, and I think that ultimately this is going to make the games much more exciting, uh, because whenever you don't increase the size of the map, and you do increase the amount of people on the map, it tends to get a bit crowded. So, the matches that you play might be shorter, but on top of that, uh, they're going to be much more high-octane. So, I think that as an option, uh, this is pretty cool to see added to the game. So, if you do want to dive in, literally, then you can check out the new update, which is launching later on tonight. But to round out today's show, PlayStation Plus is, as of today, 10 years old, uh, the average age of your Fortnite player, and it offers NBA 2K20, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Erica for free. PlayStation Plus subscribers usually benefit from two free games per month. For example, the games for June 2020 were Call of Duty World War II and Star Wars Battlefront II. However, this month is different because the subscription service is celebrating its 10th anniversary since its launch on June 29th, 2010, and as a result, players will be able to redeem three specific games in July completely free of charge. PlayStation announced the anniversary in a tweet before revealing July's game shortly afterwards, and you can check out the tweet below. But as you can see, NBA 2K20, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and Erica are all available for players to download in July. Erica is the bonus game. The games will be available for PlayStation Plus subscribers to download from July 7th until August the 3rd. The tweet also links to a longer post from the official PlayStation blog, which offers extra details on the anniversary. Quote, we'll be releasing a free PS4 theme later this week to celebrate 10 years of PlayStation Plus, it reads. The theme will be available on the PlayStation Store for a limited time, so be on the lookout. For those of you who have not tried the online multiplayer benefit for PlayStation Plus, we'll be hosting a free online multiplayer weekend starting July 4th at 12.01 a.m. through July 5th at 11.59 p.m. in your local time. Online multiplayer games are sold separately and they require internet connections and PlayStation Network accounts. So, happy birthday slash anniversary to the PlayStation Plus. You turned 10 years old, and I must admit uh, that the past decade has definitely brought a lot of improvements to PlayStation Plus as a subscription and to PlayStation Network as a service. Uh, it is much more stable than it was back in the day, and I believe the 2012, if I remember correctly, PlayStation Network outage uh, was really a pivotal turning point for the PlayStation Network and PlayStation Plus overall. Uh, so, we've gotten tons 
tons of free games, thousands of dollars worth of content, and I will say that if you were to adopt a PlayStation 4 early on, and you wanted to play online, so you got a PlayStation Plus subscription, and you redeemed every game that came out on the PlayStation Plus service for free, you would automatically, without buying any additional games, have an incredible library of some of the biggest games to come out for this generation, and on top of that, some of the biggest PlayStation games in general. Uh, so in that regard, PlayStation Plus has been a phenomenal investment, and I think it certainly has added a lot of value to the player overall. Now, you will always have some people that say, I shouldn't have to play, or excuse me, pay to play online, and to some degree that's true, uh, but the amount of content you get with PlayStation Plus definitely warrants its existence. But that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed today's show, drop me a like down below, and I hope you do come back for more. Of course, the show itself is hosted Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Thursday, and Tuesday. Did you get that? Five days a week. Subscribe. Keep coming back. But until tomorrow, you guys have a fantastic one. I'll talk to you soon, and peace.